Good morning. Morning. Season two, episode one. Yeah, first episode of 2021, and uh, we seem to be following the calendar year rather than the school year, even though it's a teaching show. Yeah, I think that I think that's okay. Seasonal. You know, we have the summer off and maybe do some other things, and then. Yeah, maybe Christmas. we can do a mid-season, have the summer off, and I don't know. We'll, we're figuring this out as we go. So it's we technically are. season one, episode season two, episode one, or episode twenty-four if you're following the whole thing. Yeah, great. Um, what's the what's the mug? I have my usual, it's the little prince. It's one of my. I only have three or four mugs. So I found prince. one. It looks boring, and then you realize. It's a Scrabble mug, and on the back it shows Other the letter value. distribution. And at the bottom, it looks boring, but it's actually really nerdy. Yeah, at the bottom, when you finish drinking, it says triple word score in the red symbol. Okay. Yeah. Well, my wife is amazing at Scrabble. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm not very good at Scrabble. I never got into it. And there's a common a friend we have in common who once actually just made me realize how much I never understood anything about Scrabble, but it didn't make me any more interested in it. I, I'm really good with words, but I'm not great at Scrabble. Well, that was the first person they said, no, Scrabble's not about words. What a silly idea. It's about making points. <clears throat> I think that's why my wife is good at it. Yeah, it's about scoring points. It's about knowing by heart the list of two letter words that are acceptable in Scrabble. And it's about just bunching up the scoreboard, the score as much as you can. So you concentrate, you don't like spread out. No, so yeah, it's about definitely about word placement on the board. To make definitely. points with as little as little tiles as possible. Uh, and having the Scrabble dictionary learned by heart or something. <laughs> and what's your t-shirt today? So, uh, I am wearing this hoodie that uh, I have worn before, but not uh, to show what was on the hoodie. So this is my, actually, so I got it. So on the front is only the, the rest of the pattern wow. is on the back. But obviously this is a red cup with a hammer and sickle, obviously. And on the back is, can, oh wait, I have to do this. Wait, can you see? Yeah, ah, it looks like lefties having a party. Is that Mao, Lenin, Karl Marx, so it's the, Guevara? It's the communist party. Oh my God, how come I didn't see that? Very good. They have red cups and they're drunk and they're partying. It's the Communist Party. That my, red uh, cup thing is a real like American drinking thing. Uh, totally, this is a big American drinking thing, yeah. Student drinking thing. I, I never partook, partook into that. I, and actually, funnily enough, I started seeing some red cups in France. Oh, interesting. Well, partly, I think, down to the fact that uh, some bars were still allowed to open the summer and doing takeout had to have some kind of plastic cups, and some of them had red cups. Wow. And um, and in the U.S. at festivals, I guess, but most of the places that were, I've been to in Chicago had transparent cups. Or other places I have, uh, I go to, I have Eco Cups, which is a brand, I believe. Oh, it's like, okay. it's a hard plastic cup that is reusable that you buy. Oh, so okay. you buy the cup and then you can have it refilled or keep it. It's not Perfect. meant to be thrown away, it's meant to be recycled. Oh, nice. That is a good hoodie. Yeah, it's a great hoodie, thank you. It's a good hoodie. I've <laughs> I got wear it a lot. And I think I've, um, I think I wore this before. Did I wear this before? I'm not sure. I'm gonna get, I'm soon at the end of my collection of stuff to show you in terms of t-shirts. I don't think I'm gonna make it through the whole second season. Oh, this t-shirt is a new one. So this one is the artwork from Nine Inch Nails album, The Downward Spiral, because they were recently voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I remember you mentioning that in our last or penultimate episode. I can't remember. Yeah, because I was talking about the music from Soul, which was That's right. Trent, Trent Reznor. Atticus. And I also learned that the uh, all the jazz arrangements were composed by John Batiste. I, I, I know him because well, I know him. I know of him 
because I because I tend to watch uh, the Daily Show with, with Stephen Colbert. Ah, uh, okay. I watch the opening monologues and bits and pieces on YouTube. I don't watch the whole show, and he's the main music guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's I cool. Do like like, that show. So they, they, you know, he's he's cool and has a lot of good stuff. And I didn't, I don't really know much of his career beyond what he does on the TV show, but I know he does a bunch of stuff. And probably being on the TV show has given him more opportunities for sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and, and this is one of my favorite albums. It's not a very happy album, but it's a very, very, very good album. I think it's not, it's not just about music. In, in my opinion, it's artistry. It's everything. The artwork, the music, the whole concept. It is definitely a concept album, but the everything about it. I'm not sure I've listened to it, so amazing. maybe I should at some point. Yeah. Uh, possibly, but it's it's very dark. <laughs> or maybe not now. <laughs> yeah, not not if not at the beginning of the year. Not not. I, I just said before we started recording that it was like in a bit of a January blues. The week coming back from Christmas holidays and the first week of the year and this year, it's that's a mix of stuff where I'm like, I don't know what to look forward to for the year, which I, what I should focus on, where I should put my energy, what I can or should create, can I create, I don't have anything in my schedule. I don't have nothing in my schedule, but I don't have much. Mm. And I was well, talking maybe. about that with a friend yesterday. It's also true that while there's circumstances to the year of, you know, curfews and not being able to plan any travels or the ski resorts closing down. So I was hoping to get maybe a bit of skiing in all that stuff. Not much going in terms of job opportunities for me, no visibility on any kind of income. So the worries about where I live, what my rent is, all that kind of stuff has resurfaced, which is not the first time mm. uh, in, in the past year. Uh, that compounds with like your usual January blues. And at the same time, there's a lot of the things that I can, should be doing that technically have no bearing over whether I can, whether I can go to the restaurant or skiing. Like I, I can and should, or feel like I should be writing more and writing more stuff in my blog and doing more to promote this podcast and looking for gigs and, and it's all that stuff that are projects that I, I can keep focusing on, or I should be able to anyway. Um, but I spend time worrying about other stuff and less time doing that. I suppose, but also just the first week being back from holidays and family, it's, it's, you know, and unfortunately the weekend was beautiful weather, but during the week was really cold, dreary. Yeah. It doesn't help cold in my apartment. It's, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe this, this episode will help kickstart something. We'll see. Right. The only reason that I've had to get myself organized is because I've been remote teaching this entire week. So oh, yeah, you have, that's right. I, while well, I can, what do you lockdown use for remote three. teaching? Yeah, you're full, you're in full on lockdown. I wouldn't be surprised if we follow you in that. But I mean, I'm I've been remote teaching since October. So, but I'm not full time teaching. I have I, I have very little teaching time at the moment. Mm. December and January was very little. I have very little hours in terms of teaching paid teaching time. Uh, I finished my grading, so I did. I was busy a bit with grading this week because I hadn't done it over the holidays or haven't done half of it. Now I'm chasing the stuff that is still due. You are such a teacher. <laughs> You're in the world of teaching. I am. I'm not. There are things that I like about it because I was going to say I'm really not enjoying it. <laughs> there are things that I like about it. I don't think I really at this point don't think I want to be a full time teacher. I'm, no. I'm if anything, I'm like, OK, I really need to find some other kind of work like my my actual job. I would love to keep some teaching. I'd love to do that. Um, because I think it's really great to be in contact with students, but I don't think I want to make it my full-time job. Or conversely, if ever it was my full-time job, then I wouldn't be worrying about any other sources of income and I could spend my time on it. But, and then I would still have all the complaints that teachers have about like, oh my God, you know, like what, I'm, what I'm going through at the moment. Like the, I'm chasing, <laughs> I'm chasing some, some work that is due to me for grades. And some students are like, well, you haven't graded me. Uh, you graded all my uh, co co classmates is there anything wrong? And I'm like, well, yeah, see back to the conversation we were just having about how you have, you, you didn't deliver the work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of like trying to give you more time to do it. That was the implicit thing. But if you really want to be explicit about it now, I'm like, well, do I, do I grade according to the work that's been given or do I wait for new work now that you're insisting? I don't know what to do. 
Uh, and I'm too nice, clearly. I'm like, all right, well, I don't yeah. want to put any zeros, but at some point I'm going to have to give consequences, which I don't want to do, but, you know. It, and it doesn't matter how old they are. It's, well, no. Actually, it doesn't matter whether it's, in my opinion, it still happens in a work situation. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Unless there's consequences, then people just won't do it. Like the whole thing about getting an email and saying, can I have it as soon as possible? I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> but if someone emails me and says it needs to be done, by this day at this time, suddenly I'm way more likely to do it because I can plan it and I know exactly when it has to be done by. Yeah, and I was a little bit too lenient on that. I, well, possibly, but I also decided, and I'm, I, I'm gonna make clear, but I, that's my own way of deciding things. I've, I made choices, right? <clears throat> but I'm not gonna, I'm not focused, like I'm not teaching them doing things on time. Right, yes. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And they've I'm like, to, you know what? That's not to, what they've I'm. They've got to initiate. They've got to generate themselves. Yeah. So it also goes to show that at some point, I'm like, I just have to grade accordingly, even though I didn't really want to do that, and I just wanted to be nice about it and give them more chance. But, but also some of them. I mean, the ones I'm talking about, whatever their circumstances, and some of them have circumstances, of course. But the, mm. unfortunately, the circumstances don't matter. At some point. And when you're working, and this isn't like some of them are like, guys, you don't realize at all. <laughs> Everything of what we're doing right now is just so not acceptable in a professional environment. Have you said but, that? Uh, <clears throat> not yet, because I've just been thinking of this week. So I'm, okay. next time I see them, I'm going to mention it. Yeah, yeah. Or for anybody who watches it, they'll have heard it, I guess. Um, uh, I will mention it because I feel it's important to be said. Uh, but also that 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 I'm not that's not like I'm teaching them a specific thing of communication to, and I'm like I'm not going to teach you being on time certainly surely somebody else is going to well you should have integrated that or somebody else is going to do it and not me basically or yeah. nobody but so anyway yeah probably yeah very very teaching teacher stuff it is yeah and, and it's good the other one more thing before I get to the question is that I realized and my wife has realized it because we're sharing the same office and I'm teaching. There are so many things we do as teachers and what it, what we do every day and the working day of a teacher and the working life of a teacher that are transferable. So many things. And it's, people don't realize that. People have an opinion about what teaching is like because they went through the edu education system and then actually seeing and understanding what teachers do wow there's 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 way more to it yeah way more a to lot to it <clears throat> it's a huge big job and i kind of knew because i'd heard from teachers before mm. and realizing it or like experiencing it rather is a big deal but, it, but i'm i'm really really clear about separating <clears throat> work and not work or work and play or work and home. Yeah, we talked because, about this before. A little yeah, bit. because teaching is definitely one of those jobs that can easily take over your entire life. Yeah, totally. And you become everything. Work becomes everything. And I definitely don't want to be one of those teachers. And I know colleagues like that. And I'm just like, nah, that's not who I am. So we'll get to the question. But I do want to say, I think that when we talked about this, maybe on an episode, I can't remember where we talked about it, but the the idea of yes, we'll take a question from a pupil and we'll explore it, but we'll also link it to and explore it with whatever we're reading. Yeah. So I'm planning on reading, I was planning on reading 20 books in 2021 because I read 20 books in 2020. <clears throat> but I thought, forget that, it doesn't make any sense. Let me just do 21 in 2021. That's great. So we'll, I, I, I think we'll if I did 12, it would be good for me as an objective i don't know if i should take a realistic objective or or not realistic i've not read actually how many books have i read last year it's going to be an embarrassing number i don't even know if i want to tell you well where, while you're looking what the thing that made the huge difference i read eight books in 2018 and then 18 in 2019 what made the difference is changing my signature or my email yeah. to currently reading and just finished because then I was like, I have to change it. So I have to read. I want to look good for the people I'm emailing, whoever gets my email. So I'm going to make sure I read. And that's what started it. It was, it was a ridiculous thing like that. 
And then now I'm like, I have to read. <laughs> okay, Otherwise... so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Pretty eight, good. nine, ten, eleven. The other ones I haven't finished. Ah, oh, I thought you were going to say 12 for a book a month. That would have been good. Well, I guess if we, it depends if we count like graphic novels like this big, then, then I probably can add a couple more. <laughs> well, it's a book, isn't it? Yeah, I have to, I have to double count. There's a few that I'm reading. I'm finishing the Sandman series, uh, but I read a couple last week, last year. But yeah, 11 is not that bad. No. I probably, I probably did read a couple more that I need to double check. Actually, so yeah, I'm not as bad as I thought it was. And, and several of those are pretty big books. Like we're talking 2,000 still... page novels. <laughs> oh, oh, are you still reading Thinking Fast and Slow? Yeah, I still am. Yeah, I'm a, that's I'm a big book. It is a big book. I'm not reading it very fast. <laughs> so how many are you going to read so, this year? Um... 12 sounds good. One book a month. 12 is total 12 is like totally doable now that I, I was just I, I, at least 12 um, but now I'm wondering maybe I should have a bigger challenge but then again I'm starting to the, the year being playing video games a lot more than I'm reading <laughs> so let's say 12 yeah let's I could it. up to 15 but let's start with 12. they also really depends what kind of book I'm reading because I know and, and not to take anything away because some of the books that you're reading are really great. But some of the nonfiction books of the ones that we discussed, like Deep Focus is one. The Shallows deep probably work. is another one. Deep Work, Deep Work, sorry. You read that really fast. Yes. You know, I read Big Magic from Elizabeth Gilbert. I read it in two days. That's super fast to read. Whereas Thinking Fast and Slow, that's like each chapter is fortunately short. They did it, but it's dense. So like, all right, I read oh, yeah. one chapter and then leave it for a bit. It's true. But I'm, I'm definitely going to read more fiction. I didn't read much fiction last year, so I'm going to read. I decided six fiction, fifteen nonfiction. Okay. So let's go into the question, and then yes. we'll come back. We'll I go back. To recommend, we can give each other recommendations and talk about books. Excellent. So today's question: Could I study one thing and then get a completely different job? yes you most probably will <laughs> i think but the, the second bit of the answer i think is uh -huh. the key bit you most probably will some of my students tend to think if they study certain a levels so yeah. in the uk system they pick three or four subjects to kind of semi-specialize maybe humanities maybe science like whatever mm -hmm. and that guides their choice for university sure. so somebody does history english and drama they're not going to do chemistry at uni so it, it, it doesn't make any sense because a levels get you ready for university sure, there is some bearing on it of course <clears throat> yeah but then again also everybody who has a master or a degree in chemistry doesn't mean you're going to be a chemist well yeah yeah but the what's interesting is my students tend to think that in a very linear way but and they, they, that, that's how they've been taught their whole lives. And that's how governments organize institutional education. In France, too, I was looking this week because I'm also, I, I've also, so I've reopened, and as I said, there's been a lot of recurring conversations in my head and, and, and spoken this week mm -hmm. as I came back. I, I came back home on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one of them being, so uh, over the holidays, uh, somebody got in touch, reached out by email that I wasn't that was in touch with me in August, September. Anyway, offered me a, a course to teach with another school, mm -hmm. uh, the Burgundy School of Business. I think I could say, yeah, I, you I, did. I, I, to me, you did, but not on here. Yeah, not on here. Anyway, I was like, well, can I say this publicly? Well, I, I don't think it matters. I haven't signed any NDAs or anything, um, and I didn't get the job, so it doesn't matter. But we're going back and forth. I was going to take the job. And then he says, oh, wait a minute, do you have a master's? I'm like, no, I don't have a master's. Oh, then we can't teach with us. Seriously? <laughs> the school requires the teachers, even, even if they're teaching for one course, like a few weeks to have a master's degree. What? <laughs> 
that's like you can also go back to our conversation yeah. about should I get a well, master's? Yeah, I'm, I'm, and it will be I'm law sure. in France uh, soon. So the school, this is a private school, uh, but that is state acknowledged, etc. Um, and uh, there is a law project that is currently in the works that was supposed to go into effect this January, but because of COVID is pushed back a year or maybe further, uh, saying that if you are going to teach any kind of level, you need to have a diploma of that level. Well, what's, what's diploma mean? Oh, a degree. A degree, okay, fine. So if you're gonna teach a master's class, you need to have a master's degree. Okay. Regardless of your experience, regardless of what regardless you of your experience there's some schools can do whatever they want i believe like some private schools can do whatever they want i think like the one i'm teaching at for communications and advertising even though i'm teaching master students they didn't require me to have a master's but i have like so much experience within the area yeah I, obviously this was a branding and marketing class as well so it's you know it's not like a and i i gave it to a a friend well i gave the the tip about the job to a friend of mine mm -hmm who of course was like well, she's like well, it's ridiculous i was like but you do have a master's degree she's like yeah i have a master's degree in arts it has no bearing on my job as a as a brand strategist that i've been doing for ages i didn't learn that at school i learned that on the job but i was like that doesn't matter the paperwork says you need a master's and you have a master's it's a master's in art doesn't matter this is very interesting because so anyway the students, oh, my, sorry go ahead the, yeah the students my point, definitely so. think in a very linear way consistent with what they've been taught in school and then i think they think their career is going to be very linear although that's beginning to change and i think as they get older as they move into thinking about university they are beginning to realize it doesn't really matter what your degree is when it comes to a career necessarily unless it's something like medicine or yeah. vets or and these are things that we mentioned before there's also yeah. <clears throat> so there's the big area the the elephant in the room is that life doesn't happen in a linear fashion yes but we like to think it does and all the structures around us as kids teach us that it does uh it, but it, it isn't it's not linear so just to finish my story uh, this week, one of the recurring things I was like, well, I don't have a master's, so maybe I should look at, I should look back what I had started before everything got locked down in the spring last year. I was yeah. looking at getting an equivalency for a degree because there are okay. government programs that allow, well, there are French government programs that say, if you have this much professional experience, you can get a equivalent degree. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, but, so, but this is all operating within the world of education and government. Mm -hmm. necessarily the same language as what they're calling the certifying bodies which is basically the universities uh who have a different language of academia and all sorts of other requirements and so the government then touts that for communication unemployment reasons for getting people trained and skilled up and and having a rhetoric that well they have a you know they have a database of jobs Mm -hmm. titles and if you're a student you're going to be looking at all right what should i study to aim for this particular job and there's mm -hmm. websites that explain in a very linear fashion that you know to be able to get to this job you need to get this degree this thing this step which doesn't happen that way in reality yeah um, now it might happen for some people but the real the thing is it, it happens for the person well it's um it's been thought up in a linear fashion for the people who think up those kinds of programs, and it's it's not just one person, it's a whole body of people thinking, okay, well, how are we gonna communicate and organize this thing called, uh, there's a pathway to jobs. Yeah. That we need to communicate, that we need to tell students that, so that we have a common language of everybody, but the, in reality, it doesn't match what happens in the workplace or even what happens in uh, in the education institutions and universities or whatever or other types of schools, specialist schools. Um, not, not always, sometimes, but, uh, but this, I think what my comments is particularly true for uh, the vast majority of jobs that exist that we still have in the service industry, I guess, or like whatever we want to call it, even though it's- Information kind of working, information economy. Information working, information economy. Uh, but in the same way that to be a veterinary, a vet, veterinarian, I can't say the word. Just say vet. 
Levet, or a plumber. You need to yeah. have like some technical training at some point, regardless yeah. of what degrees you have. Uh, ironically, it's probably better to have a master's degree, even if you're going to be a plumber. Because, well, only because, and this is back to, a, we, we can listen to the whole conversation about should I get a master's degree? If you have an opportunity to have a ma to do a master's degree, you probably should, because otherwise you find, might find yourself in my kind of situation where you're like, it's stupid. Uh, should I do it? Spending a lot of time and energy hmm. it. Uh, and I had I exchanged a, an email with because I I received a letter that I needed to exchange. Well, not anyway. So I should need. I, I'm I'm signed up to unemployment services. Okay. I don't get benefits, but I'm technically still looking for work, so I'm signed up with the service. Uh, and um, and so I received a letter to, to about it saying that I'm still signed up to unemployment services, so I should contact my advisor. And I was like okay. just looking at those. So those things to like, should I look for an equivalency again? And it's the beginning of the year. So I thought, okay, I'll write an email to the, to the, because they hadn't updated my resume in a while, my CV, mm -hmm. because well, I barely use their website portal because it doesn't really have much for me. I use LinkedIn. Um, so anyway, um, and, uh, and, and of course they said, the person said, oh yeah, yeah, that you should totally do that because their answer to you not, to anybody not finding work is to train. Right. And training can be to go back to education, to get equivalency. So you're doing something. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad answer. It's not a bad answer necessarily. Yeah. But it's also, it, 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 on one hand, why not go study again? Uh, on another hand, it's just complicated to, to navigate how to do it. Yes. Uh, and what I should spend my time and energy on. So, for example, the school that I work with has equivalencies. And I have a call tomorrow to talk about that. But they have equivalencies with something of a training, what's called a training certificate that is equivalent to a master's degree, but it's not ah. a master's degree. Okay. So, for example, I'm like, well, wait a minute. So this would cost money and time. Yeah. So is this, and I'm still not sure. I don't, I, I suspect not. So it was like, well, if, if it's equivalent to a master's degree, but it's not a master's degree, should I pursue a master's degree or is this thing enough? Yeah. Wow. Because usually if you have something that is equivalent, it's not the actual thing. Yeah. But is I it, suspect. isn't it enough on your CV to say you have the equivalent of a master's degree for someone who's interested in things that are I think the test is going to be the test that will be interesting and I haven't gotten around to do that I've been thinking of it the last few days is to email my contact from the other school who required a master's degree and check in and, say, yeah. and ask like wait a minute if I had this equivalency would that match or would that not meet the requirement because if it doesn't meet the requirement then there's no point in doing it mm -hmm. and by the way episode seven is where we talk about should you get a master's degree so the because listening to you, I'm thinking, oh, should I? And I would like to eventually, but certainly for my younger colleagues, they have a master's degree. And certainly for most of my, there's, there's kind of different, to go back to the question about, do you get a, hang on, let me get the actual question. Could I study one thing and then get a completely different job? <clears throat> there are people in, out of my colleagues, certainly, teachers who tend to go from university straight into teaching and the subject they teach matches what they did at uni sure. and they're like career teachers and in my opinion they don't all depending on the subject they don't always make as good teachers as people who've done other things before coming to teaching they don't have enough life experience yeah that's what i think i mean just it, other stuff but it depends on the subject if it's a subject like I teach business, I teach psychology, I think uh, having worked and having had a career and doing something else helps my teaching understanding of business. But for a subject like physics, I don't know that it would make any difference unless you spend time, I don't know, or chemistry working at AstraZeneca and then a statistician. Uh, maybe it would make a difference in terms of your other skills that make you a good teacher interpersonal or you know but that's a different question i never thought of that that possibly 
Yeah, because if you go look at other places in the world, you have an appreciation that is different than the one that you only stuck into academia. Yeah, to I each his own, and you might be a really, really, like, really strong physics researcher, but it doesn't mean you're a great teacher. And but the, the and the other thing is that it doesn't even matter because most of the great teacher physics researchers in university it doesn't matter if you're a good teacher or not. That's not what you're rated on. Just like the comments in deep work, uh, deep, yeah, deep work. Yeah, deep work. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Just because because you could be really, really intelligent in an area, a subject area, but be appalling as a teacher. And there are so many matter. other things that go with teaching. It so would It unfortunately wouldn't matter as a teacher as long as you publish great articles and you do research for the university that you work for. Oh, hang on. Are you talking about teaching or lecturing? Oh, what's the difference? Well, teacher tends to be in a school setting. Lecturer would be in a higher education setting. So if you're in, if you're lecturing at university, they don't really care about your. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, that, I, I realize that. Whereas in a school with the younger people, they really care how what's happening in the classroom. Oh yeah, sure. So it's a, but the with this question, my degree is half business, half psychology. If I hadn't. And, and that has a direct relevance to what I'm teaching as a teacher. But I studied cinema at university. It has no nothing to do with it what doesn't, I'm doing now. Yeah, I, I'm, most I'm, people, are just like the friend I mentioned, has a master's in arts. <laughs> yeah, and they work at the same job I do in advertising. They were they're a brand strategist. I think um, you're, you're what you're everything you said reminds me of, and you've read it. I haven't of the. Harari's book is it 21 essays for the 21st century 21 lessons for the 21st century 21 lessons and he writes all about the education system doesn't he uh not so much doesn't he a little bit in there but, but there's the, the, the I, I did mention the talk he had with Russell Brand uh about education with students in London at King's College I think because he I'm, I'm sure at I read King's an excerpt from else. that book uh, maybe it's possible he talks about what, what were you thinking because i can't remember so i was thinking that because i read an excerpt from that book in mm -hmm. wired magazine okay. where he talks about the education system there's a there's a a mismatch between edu the education system as it is and the careers that are required and yeah that yeah, yeah. The, we talked about this before world, yeah and that's everything you said reminds me of of that conversation we had yeah and, and there, that's a whole other point that i wanted to broach for sure which is one so there are there are career paths of course where certain studies are more useful than others and it's mm. great if you have an idea on that for sure but there's also the vast majority of people don't have a job that is necessarily tied into what your degree is also because your degree is about it's if you take your degree or if you take your studies as generally practicing your brain cramming and learning a lot of different stuff that you're learning to learn and that you will be, because that's why the institution of education is there in the first place mm -hmm. or from a certain perspective is to make you good little ants in the, in the society and colony colony, you know, like what we talked at the, the <laughs> beginning, I should probably be a lot stricter on giving stuff back on time because they will be more useful as employees to give stuff on time than they would be as thinkers, which is what I'm trying to teach them. Right. Uh, now, this is a very, it's, it's arguably a um, cynical perspective, but it's not only cynical, it's, it's also quite realistic about a certain amount of how the world, uh, the, the world we live in functions. And yeah. the vast majority of jobs that are available that, you, that the vast majority, that I think the majority of your kinds of students from, will do, or a lot of different people, myself included, don't have much bearing on what you actually studied besides the fact that you learned how to study, that you're, you're a little bit smart, that you learned how to do some research and you learn how to do things on time that otherwise mm -hmm. you get slapped in the finger and you're gonna have some consequences. Mm -hmm. um, and the vast majority of, of, well, not vast majority, but some of the big topics, like you just said, business, you know, if you go study econo economics and business, which a lot of people go and study because they don't know what else, to study, or at least it was true in my time. So I don't know if it's still true. But I know that a lot of people that went to, they're like, I don't know what to study. So I guess I'm just going to go study economic and social thing, which seems don't to be an umbrella right for a lot. 
You've absolutely hit the nail on the head. So many people will go and study business management because they have no idea what they want to do. Yeah. And, and that's a certain, not a job. That's just everything. Yeah. And there's, there's a certain, I'm going to go on a slight tangent here, but there's a certain cultural expectation. Certainly, I remember my grandmother saying to me, do you want to become a doctor? I was like, no. Do you want to become a lawyer? No. I want to do psychology at university. And my grandmother went, What? Why do you want to study that? It was it was that kind of reaction. It's so, interesting that that wasn't so acceptable. But I get how you would they would want you to be a doctor or a lawyer, and it's a little stereotypical South Asian or Asian it is. altogether. Now, the interesting thing that that you're saying is there is a hierarchy within that stereotypical South Asian thing. Like, you know, doctor, dentist, lawyer, really great. Yeah. And then if you can't make the grade with that, I'll go do business. Sure, but economics. it's a cash-all, like, you'll find yeah. a job somewhere. And in a economics, economics has a bit of a higher percent, or accounting. So it's kind of like that, then accounting, then like... Yeah, economics. And I, I meant economics because in the French uh, meaning, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's slightly different in terms of meaning and it's and, uh, as a... Um, oh, okay. As a subject to choose from, uh, it usually means business. Although, it, but then it's been replaced since my time because you have all the, well, actually businesses, école de commerce, business schools, all right. the business schools that teach you like, I'm like, what, what does that mean? Teach you business? Do they, do they even know? I don't think they even know how to sell anything when they walk out of those things. Arguably. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, they have a lot of complicated models. Oh yeah. Like Economic five and things like that. Sorry, which model did you just mention? Uh, Porter's five forces. Oh yeah, I have to teach that. There's, there's bazillions of models, and they're all like quadrants, like, you know. Oh yeah, and it, which is great. I, I use some of them for sure, and they can be useful because they oh, simplify yeah, yeah. understanding what can be complicated and allow you to get your yeah. head around something. But yeah, they're and not that's a lot of what I do in my job anyway. So <laughs> yeah. quadrants is most consultants like this like secret weapon because everybody gets impressed with a quadrant. <laughs> Like, yeah, I read that article you sent me about that guy. That? There was one about a consultant guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, it was very, it was very dark, but it was mm -hmm. very funny. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to pull out a quadrant and change everything in the meeting, a model, and they learn those models and they have a certain amount of usefulness. But the economics is even worse for those kind of theoretical models. But I do think, and again, jumping on another tangent, mm -hmm. that. Thomas Piketty's book. I still have, I haven't read that yet. Has and and he's French, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a really really good book, and it's I I think I I think it's made economics more popular. I do think it's made it more like he's almost like a rock star economist. Though I don't know if that's he too is much a little bit. I think I think well he's he goes to a lot of shows and a lot of talk shows and. Not talk shows, I, I, I gets loved, invited on as a talking head, I guess. Yeah, I loved his book. I thought it was brilliant. I should read it. I, I, I haven't read it. He's written another one, but I haven't, I haven't followed up. But the, the, you know, if you do something like business, it's so broad as to be almost meaningless. There's also there's also a whole other thing on, uh, directly related to the question, which is, if you don't know what you want to do, which is most, I think, a lot of people. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I also mm -hmm. didn't know what was available. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what was available and whatever you think is available is going to be dependent on, on what you're told in your immediate environment, parents, yep. family, friends, teachers, uh, what you happen to discover when you're doing a little bit of browsing and online research or, or back in my day going to the, the, the school library. Reading uh, an actual book. <laughs> and just like reading some brochures about like, you know, let's find out what I could do with my life. Um, and uh and so because you don't know and because and because everything's changing all the mm. jobs are changing which is that's the, the the harari type thing that we haven't really got onto just yet it's normal that you will study one thing mm -hmm. for not everybody but so a lot of people will i don't know if it's a majority or not a majority but a lot of people will study one thing like a catch-all like business because i guess it will be useful whatever i want to do and i don't know what i want to do and i need more time to find out while i'm learning and so at the end, you might discover that you want to do something different. And then there's a whole other thing that we talked about before and we're going to talk about again for sure, is that increasingly there has been already in our generation, 
more people changing jobs more often yeah. yep. rather than having a steady career. So everything that your parents were saying that you just mm. mentioned, you know, be a doctor or a lawyer is already out of date. Mm. It's already out of date. And so more and more people will have more and more types of jobs mm -hmm. uh, throughout their career. So changing jobs and changing careers because because you need to because there's big changes in the way the world works and being a doctor is not an answer to everything there are tons of doctors that don't make that much money mm. uh, that work really insane hours so it's mm. a real vocation it's fantastic because we need some um, but it's not a surefire way to make a lot of money at all yeah I, I, I do remember my dad advising me to get choose a job or find a career that has a vocation you can have a certification you know whether it's yeah doctor lawyer or whatever but he also talked about accountant sure. because you you have that you you are that and then also things like plumber whatever but because they're talking about job security right yes yes yeah and that's what a lot of concerns are about uh, well of parents a lot of parents not my parents um are about like you should find something that you have secure that you are secure in yeah that's exactly where my parents come especially my dad now i sense. didn't have if parents it, like that and it, i don't have come from that kind of environment so it, it's if it's correct for you as the person listening then great not for you james just whoever's listening to us yeah um but i also want to say it's great but also i think it matches with a certain type of personality whether how much secure you want to be or how secure you want to be yeah and it's not a bad thing but i also think whatever the job is there's a lot less security coming in the future because there's going to be huge swathes of industry that are replaced by robots whatever happens mm -hmm. or robot assisted uh, is that, well assisted. this is interesting because we went a few years ago it must be about four or five years ago we took the whole GCSE business cohort, we took them to the mini factory, which is they make they make minis, the cars. Mm -hmm. I think it was just outside Birmingham, I think. And we're in this factory and we're walking around and we see the robots. You know, we see the robots doing their thing. And then you see one person like like overseeing the robots. And then there was another bit where they had the assembly line and the I can't remember. I, I was expecting the cars to be moving and the people to be doing stuff, but I think it was the other way around. Like the floor was moving and they were moving and the, and the, the cars were moving. There was something like that. Did you but find the, out how many people worked there? Actual people? I ish. It was a, in that factory, a <laughs> couple of hundred maybe. And, and they were churning out cars, but it, but what was interesting is it was, they were mass producing cars, but it's this idea of mass customization. So you could, you could pick all the things you wanted in a mini and have like, I want these lights, I want this trim, I want the, the you know, the, the union jack on the top, all this kind of stuff. But the the guys who were who were there doing doing this thing like this bit as it was moving, it was really intricate stuff. They it was they really had to know what they were doing. It was, it was a proper like you couldn't just do it yeah and it but it was interesting seeing the in the mixture of the big robots doing stuff repeatedly mm -hmm. and people and yeah. i guess that's going to become more and more prevalent and spread across more and more industries yeah what, does he talk about that in homo deus harari yeah. or is it in, he does because i haven't read that yet mm. yeah totally talks about that a lot uh, and he talks about that a lot more and all the stuff he's, uh, all the videos, he was very prolific last year. Sorry, in video interviews, there's tons of stuff on YouTube, on his I need, channel. I did need on, to watch some of that stuff. Uh, it, it gets repetitive, of course. So I didn't, I oh. only watched a few uh, because, you know, he he's just being consistent with what he thinks and repeating it. Um but of course, a lot more concern last year over what's going on politically in the world mm. uh, and the rise of authoritarian regimes and uh, anti-freedom laws or, or limitations of, of civil liberties, mm -hmm. uh, which that is also something, by the way, that I'm very concerned about, generally speaking, as well. Yeah. Uh, but that's a different topic. Um, so th and then so back to the question. 
uh, am I going to study something and do another job? Uh, another area, you know, whether you study, so there's a whole body of like studying business and that you can go into all sorts of different jobs that you will have to learn on the job, whatever the company is, because there's specificities of every company and how they work. <clears throat> and they require you to begin with to be kind of just smart enough to understand the training. Yeah. And what you're going to be doing, it, it amounts to some version of sending emails, being in meetings, filling office forms, <laughs> spreadsheets, maybe a PowerPoint, and uh, getting paid for that. Be you know? actually just in, in a Dilbert cartoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now, and it, it might sound, uh, I, I don't mean this, I don't even mean this in a cynical or demeaning way at all. Mm. If you look at the vast majority of people working in offices, they, the content of what I said is different. So you, they need to be trained on like what goes in the emails and the spreadsheets and the PowerPoints, all that. That's different from one job to another, probably. Mm. But ultimately, if, if like you're explaining like a five and explain to a five-year-old what's going on, you're like the five-year-old will see people at computers, people talking to each other in meetings and sending emails and, uh, you know, fulfilling just, I have made this PowerPoint to explain the project, the progress of a project. Or there's a whole body like big, big, that's not going away anytime soon of people that are in front of laptops writing code and meeting yeah. to talk about their code. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of those. Um, yeah. And so whether you're studying or the other the other two branches, I was going to say, because in France, there's three main branches. So there's well, there's all the technical jobs. Uh, but then if you're or, I think that's changed now, because I think you can you can have electives. But there is like the business side, literary and arts and science. Um, mm -hmm. And as we said earlier, you could be studying chemistry and not do you can still go and Get it. most of the people are going to get jobs in an office doing PowerPoint slides and or possibly coding. Uh, and again, not a bad thing. Just uh, you you will have to train for a certain amount of things. And then there's a lot of the, the people that I think there are less than there used to be doing arts. They're not going to be artists. Some will possibly, mm -hmm. but you're not studying arts to be an artist. You're studying arts for the general education that it provides you, and you'll find a job whatever you can find. Also, the, the it just whether you're in high school or even for a lot of people that are going to university, they just don't know. Yeah. Some yeah. people know they want to be a vet. Some people know they want to be a doctor. Yep. That's great. And I'm sure I've said this before on some other episode. I can't remember which one. Um, so, but then, so then, then I guess the, the further point is, is the concern behind the question about, possibly it might be about what do I choose depending on what do I choose to study depending on where I want to go or if I want if I know where I want to go or not and that's a more tricky question um because I think I, th I think there are two concerns behind the question mm -hmm. one is about having enough money to live and the other one is how do I know when I found something that I want to do how, do how what do I how how do I know well, well, I like it. What if I don't like it? Oh my God, am I stuck? There's, just, I think there's that whole thing. Yeah. And the the whole nobody really knows. You kind of got to, and that goes back to the whole thing about self awareness and knowing yourself and what you're good at. Yeah. But the, I want to introduce another little thing, which is, I've heard my ten year old nephew, and even my six year old nephew, saying, "Yeah, I could be a YouTuber." I wonder if you, because you got nieces and nephews, right? Have yeah. they said anything like that? Not yet. Like... And the way they're raised, they're probably unlikely to just yet. They're not raised with a lot of screen time. They do have okay. some screen time, but, you know, and they're still young. Hmm. Because I do wonder if, like, because when I was, I'm thinking back, I, when I was younger, did I know what I wanted to do as a career? Not. No, but there's a lot more that I did. So uh, being an influencer was not a, a something I ever thought about because it yeah. didn't exist as a word. Yeah. I want to yeah. be an influencer. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. No, I haven't heard anybody say influencer. I've heard people say YouTuber. Okay. I've heard um, influencer. Have you? I, I've heard people say like, I could quite easily just go and get a thousand followers or views on whatever social media just like that i could i have some of my students who are 
Oh, well, wow. they have big audiences that, but they're also realizing that it's probably, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to pay their whole rent and everything else they want to do. And they probably need some other kind of job as well. Yeah, possibly. Or you realize that, you know, it is, it is very difficult to build an audience. It's really, yeah. really time consuming. Yeah. And there's a lot of people trying to do the same thing. Yeah. A lot, like really, 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 really many people that it's difficult to comprehend just how many hours of content are uploaded to YouTube every second, including ours. I'm like, of course, we're not getting a lot of views. I'm barely spending any time promoting it. Yeah. And I, and, and it's entirely possible that it could spend 10 times more time promoting it. I would not get 10 times more people watching at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I stumbled across some article that the, the highest paid YouTuber is that kid who does toy reviews. He's been at it for a while. Yeah. He's been and, doing that for 10 years. And then the younger, certainly there are some people I teach who think, uh, could they, they could just do that just like that. Yeah. Are they doing it? Well, that's what I say to them. I did challenge one of my pupils, go on then, go do it. Go, yeah. you know, you could go start up something by yourself. You don't even need to do anything. Go do it. And they don't. And that my joke is, I say to them, if you go on to be billionaires, millionaires, all I want is 0.1% of your annual profit as a gift. That's awesome. That's all. As a gift in recognition of the memorable, amazing teaching you've had from me. So, you know, <laughs> who knows? Maybe one of them will come through one day and I'll just yeah, have a knows? big ball. You never know. Maybe. I like to think so. It's cool. So we're like coming the... towards the end of our time. I do want yes. to show you this book. Nice. Now, my mum bought me this, and the cynic in me says, my mum bought me this because she thinks I don't switch off, she thinks I don't, I work too hard, she thinks I don't get enough rest, all that kind of stuff. It's a very, very interesting book. Oh, cool. Really interesting book. There is one section in there, I was just reading it before we went live, the, the contents. The reason I think it would appeal to you is because there's like a section the in there called <laughs> Deep, Deep Play. And the, one of the things I started to do is, so he talks about rest. He, well, he talks about sleep, routines, walking, and he, he, he uses lots of examples of famous people, what they've done. And I've started to integrate walking. On Thursday, I went for a morning walk with my coffee around the park near where I live. And then I came back and started teaching. And I noticed my brain just starting to, unravel itself in a good way and I, I go for walks with my wife but it's a different experience walking by myself it was really nice it was really nice so on I, Friday, I do a lot of walking by myself because I am by myself and but oh, you know I wish I could do more so on Friday I went for a morning walk and an afternoon walk and I slept better Friday night how long did and you walk for I, 20 minutes half an hour yeah, it wasn't very long. And I came back and I had more ideas. So yeah, walking's great. I was really surprised about it. There's one study in the book that it isn't where you walk, because even if they, they had uh, people, participants in the study walking on treadmills in a room, and that still made a difference to their performance on a creativity task afterwards. So really interesting book. Cool. And what what book are you currently uh, so I'm reading Thinking Fast and Slow, and I'm finishing tome, the volume nine of the Sandman series, The Kindly Ones. How many in that series? Uh, this is the biggest one. There's 10 in total of the Neil Gaiman run on the Sandman, which is beautiful. This is beautiful graphic novels, like really, really gorgeous. I have a feeling I would like it. It's really awesome. It's the whole, that whole run is gorgeous. The... Uh, do you know anything about this? It's like it's legendary no. in terms of graphic novels. No, really I know, I know him. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read any of his stuff, but I know. I don't so know the, the Sandman. This is from the nineties, I believe. Um, the Sandman was an old DC character of the Golden Age, like in whenever that was, forties, fifties, nineteen forties, fifties, or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Neil Gaiman took it and made it into something else. Uh, cool. He made uh, and he made the Sandman into 
uh, he created a pantheon of what's called the uh, the endless, I think, and they're anthropomorphized uh, concepts. So we'd yeah, and they're siblings. So the the uh, the Sandman is Dream. Aha. Uh -huh. So okay. and I their see. siblings are Dream, who uh, commands on everything to do with Dream, and Sleep, uh, who's the main character. Uh, but also with other characters associated and the whole the pantheon of well pantheon is sort of because they're not gods either they're like we're not gods we're just we're just here we we, we we're concepts they're, and they they all start with a d and they're siblings they have things going on between each other so there's uh dream destiny death destruction desire despair Ooh. and uh and delirium Ooh. each each volume of the ten each volume of the 10 is a different self-contained story uh, and just beautiful at that. Uh, and um, with a different, uh, so the same author, Neil Gaiman, but different uh, artists. So the oh, drawings wow. are always different in style, which is kind That's of That's cool interesting. Too, but with the same characters, which is kind of confusing and interesting as well. That's very interesting. Hmm. Okay, I might have to look at that. Because I was reading, I'll show you. Oh, actually, you'll love this. So, I got this as a Christmas present from my sister and her boyfriend. Oh, cool. I was wondering about the, uh, the graphic novel version. And that's volume one. So, I'm going to have to read all the others. But the. I didn't even know there was multiple volumes. I knew it was coming out as a graphic novel, but I don't. I didn't know there was multiple volumes until I was on, on like on a call with our friend Adam. But the the graphic novel I've been reading is this. I wondered about that. I heard it's awesome and I was just I was browsing it before Christmas oh. and I almost bought it. It's one of the and when I finish what I'm reading now, I have well, I have the new version of Akira. There's a new print. Okay. I, I have read it back in the past. Of yeah. course, that's a, a gorgeous one. Um, my brother got for Christmas a huge manga, which is, looks like it's like this thick. <laughs> it's an autobiography of Tezuka. And Tezuka is one of the, he's the, the oldest, biggest mangaka. So he did uh, like Astro Boy is him. And that's old, oh, okay. like that's from ages ago. And uh, Blackjack is one of his bigger characters as well. Um, and preacher, it's just, so yeah, preacher, tell me that yeah. looks amazing. I was, I'm hesitating to read. I'd like to read either preacher or Doom Patrol that looks really crazy, and uh, maybe uh, I don't know something else. I think the reason I like preacher is because it's it's <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. It's so offensive, but yeah. interest such an interesting concept at the beginning of the whole idea of it. I watched the first two episodes oh, of the TV show and then I thought, okay, I need to read the book rather than the TV I show. I watched, I've, I've seen season one and I think I've nearly finished season two. They've done a really good job. Yeah. It doesn't quite follow the same timeline, the same ideas, but it's, they've done it really well. Hmm. They've got, they've really got the essence of what he's saying in it. And, and I think, I think he was involved in it. The, the writer creator was involved in the TV series, but the, certainly this year, I think this, uh, what are we, you know, teaching tangents should be about as much about what we're reading and consuming and thinking about as answering the questions. Yeah, sure. I mean, it can be, but it's like, you see, answering and discussing the question almost takes us an hour every time. So I don't know. Yeah. It'll work. We can make it work. Sure. Oh, so, so your record. So my recommendation to you is rest by Alex Sujung Kimpang. And your recommendation is Neil Gaiman's Sandman, Sandman series. And so when I'm reading graphic novels, is it a, it's, so it's a complete thing, like 10 books. Uh, it? So it's 10 books. You can start, start with the first one. Um, the, uh, each story is self-contained, but follows the same chronology. Okay. If that I don't like sense. graphic novels that just go on and on and on with no ending. No, no, there's an end. There's like the 10 volumes is, is this, the run he did. Okay, great. Cool. As far as I know, I think there's a few other small stories with side characters that exist, but that's the, I'll tell you when I'm finished with it, but I don't know that there's a proper end, but each, each one is self. So you could buy the first volume, read it 
and see if you want to buy the second. You don't have to, you know. Oh, I see. Okay. I can be a bit of a completist, so we'll see. No, me too. But that's why I wanted to turn volumes. And, and it's celebrated as one of the best in history, you know. What, like up there with Watchmen? Yeah, but different because it's a so it's it's a ten volume series and it's not one story really. Okay, I see. So whereas the Watchmen is like one, and and I watched, I actually found a YouTube channel called Near Mint Condition with a lot of uh, more, um, graphic novel stuff, and I watched one episode about the top ten single contained graphic novels. So Watchmen is in there, and, and I learned about a few others that I didn't know about that I like noted to put on my list to read. Ooh. Number one is Mouse. That makes that was not surprising. Have you read Mouse? Really? Yeah, I know Mouse. Yeah, I mean, that's I didn't kind know of that. like, you know. Really? I thought Watchmen might have been number one. Yeah, but Mouse is just so... I think it's so important, and it's great to be reading that in graphic novel form, and it makes, it, it makes the story of what happened in the show so much more accessible to others and to younger readers as well. Teenage, probably, not kids. Hmm. Great. Okay. Well, today's question was, could I study one thing and then get a completely different job? Next week, we'll be back with another question from another student, maybe one of yours, maybe one of mine. This one was from one of mine. Yeah. I'm going to be collecting questions this week. So cool. yeah, leave a comment with questions, leave a comment with feedback and tell your friends about this.